Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. We're glad to have you here on a Sunday afternoon. I'm with my co-host, Bill Quinn. Welcome, Bill. Good afternoon, Todd. It's good to see you. So we are brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com. And, you know, Bill, I was thinking that it would be really a shame if 100 people signed up for the podcast today. Uh, Wouldn't, it? Georgia Record. Wouldn't it? And be? also the Rumble channel, CDM1. Look, I know a lot of people listen to the show on the way to work or home from work. It's great on the podcast, great for the car, perfect ride from Buckhead up to uh, Alpharetta or wherever you're going. So uh, check us out on the podcast, our newsletters. We get out routinely. CDM.press has a nightly newsletter. We need help getting our message out there because they're trying to stop us in all different locations. We had uh, you know, some interesting uh, cyber stuff go on this week, which I'll tell you about at another time. But um, anyway, help us get the message out because they're trying to stop getting our message out. We've got a great show. Uh, we've got uh, Bill. What's our guest lineup today? So we have uh, Chuck Hand, who is a, uh, a candidate for the second district congressional seat. Um, let's see. We have uh, uh, Dr. Thorpe coming on, who many have seen that has some fascinating findings on um, what's happened in the last two years since the vaccines came out. Um, we ha we'll have a talk on uh, the GOP, GOP, Inc. Um, and uh, let's see, who am I missing? Uh, Chris Gleason. Uh, Chris Gle and Chris Gleason. You know, it feels like he's such a part of the team. I just yeah, always think of him being on the show. It's just automatic. Yeah, um, it is. So before we get to the rest of the show, uh, everybody knows what's going on in Israel. We had, uh, you know, some discussion about it on our Wednesday night show. I wanted to make the audience aware of something. This is a picture. It's a little hard to see, but this is a picture of the Mujahideen Kalk, the Iranian resistance, standing with the Israeli uh, people in Paris. So you, you really don't see that often, a Muslim group doing that. This is the group that wants a free Iran, religious tolerance, free elections, uh, free markets, open markets, that kind of thing. And I just wrote a book about it. This is the Paying the Price, the Untold Story of the Iranian Resistance. It's available any, anywhere books are sold and uh, really an informative read. I had a close friend read it the other day and he said, wow, I never knew this. And that is exactly the reaction I had several years ago when I learned about this group that over 130,000 have been executed by the regime. So, you know, you, you talk about Iran. It's not the Iranian people. It's the regime. It's the leadership, the mullahs, the theocracy, the ayatollahs that are pushing this sponsorship of terrorism and proxy armies across the Middle East, which we're seeing now. So try the book out. Uh, it's a great read. Bill, you got anything else before we start? No, that's it. We're ready to rock and roll. All right, let's bring on our first guest. Okay, very good. Chuck Hand, thank you very much for joining us today, sir. Appreciate y'all having us. You, you bet. So uh, I was fortunate enough to meet Chuck at an event uh, recently in Forsyth County and was so struck with both his story um, about what's happened uh, to uh, Chuck and his wife uh, in the last couple of years revolving around J6, and then also his drive to now not let that stand in the way of serving uh, Georgia. So uh, I really wanted to have him come on, and we're, we're really glad to have you, Chuck. So uh, appreciate the time, and where shall we begin? Um, why don't, why don't you give us a little rundown on how we got here, if you could? Well, for starters, uh, you know, I've been active in our district party for quite some time now. Um, I'm the vice chairman of the Taylor County Republican Party, where we reside. 
Uh -huh. I'm the vice chair of the North in the second district party. Um, I guess we can rewind back to, I'd say January 3rd, you know, 2021. I uh, got a phone call from my employer that day after church asking if we wanted to attend the Stop the Steal rally on January the 6th. Of course we wanted to. So uh, he told us to take my American Express and pay for the trip. And, huh. and you all know what happened after that. It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable how much the television will lie to you uh, and how much that will motivate you to, to get up and, and do something, you know, in these times like this. Uh, we wholeheartedly believe that the election was stolen in 2020. And, you know, we had the right to go up and peacefully protest that. Uh, and as a result of that, you know, for being nonviolent, peaceful protesters, my wife and I eventually wound up being sent to federal prison that day for peacefully holding hands, you know, and walking through a building that, that we pay to keep the lights on in. Uh, we haven't let that deter us, though. You know, it's done nothing but encourage us to, to be more active, as you as you can see. You know, we're, we're taking what we've done to us and, and we're harnessing that into positive energy. Well, that's great. That's great, as we all should. So, when you were at the Capitol, did what was the police uh, presence like? Uh, you, I think you said uh, that you had uh, actually entered, but as they as you went in, what did the police have to say? Well, after we went, after we entered what what appeared to be set up a place for us to enter, like you were at Six Flags, uh, you know, we walked in through a single file line, and were greeted, you know, as soon as we walked in, by law enforcement. Uh, saying things such as, you know, y'all just don't tear nothing up. You know, that was, we actually, we felt pretty safe because uh, there was, there was a large law enforcement presence there. Uh, they weren't, you know, they weren't doing anything other than just laid up against the wall, you know, told us don't tear anything up. Yeah. You know, it was, it was nothing like the television told you that it was. So these crowds and the things we see with people breaking windows and stuff, was that a different set somewhere else in the building? Did you even see that going on? I didn't witness anything to that nature. Uh, I mean, naturally, you know, there, there were people there that, that didn't act on their best behaviors. Yeah. Uh, but overall, what we seen was, was just a, a peaceful assembly of the people, you know, looking, looking for justice. Yeah. So what, what was it like when you got in, uh, you said people were kind of in a single file. Was everybody chatting or what, what was going on? Yeah, well, we were, uh, come find out later, we were like 10 seconds behind Ashley Babbitt going into this line going in. Oh, wow. uh, she had went in and took a left, and we went in and took a right. Uh, you know, we proceeded to walk through, and there's patriots everywhere. You know, there's no – nothing like, like what they've painted this whole thing out to be. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. You know, we – we walked through and we wound up down in front of the House of Representatives, uh, the entrance down there, mm -hmm. where, you know, we, we did see some squabbling between law enforcement and, and others. Uh, I mean, in the feds, the FBI and the courts, they actually try to use photos of me trying to get in to pull people off of the officers, you know, as, as evidence, you know, against me. Hmm. Uh, but it's, again, you know, it's, it's nothing like the television made it out to be on mm -hmm. that day. Chuck, did you looking back on it? Do you think you had any people encouraging you, like Fed informants or in the crowd, encouraging you know people to to do to go in the Capitol and do things wrong, like Ray Epps or anybody like that? 
Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there were, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's, they're strategic and they're professionals at that. So it, it wasn't as glaring obvious, yeah. you know, as like a Ray Epps was, uh, but yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, we got there, Donald Trump was still speaking, you know, at the ellipse when we got there, uh, Donald Trump didn't cause that. He didn't incite that that was going on while he was still on stage, you know, way back at the ellipse, mm-hmm. uh, most anything from that day, you know, you, Anything they're telling you, most of it's not true. Uh, so when you came home, what uh, what happened? When was the first time that you felt like, oh, something's gone wrong here? Well, for over a year, you know, we just walked around looking over our shoulders because, I mean, we was in the United States Capitol. You know, there's, of course, there's cameras in there. So they knew we were there. Uh, so we, you know, we walked around waiting on them. For about a year. I mean, matter of fact, I called I called somebody I know in law enforcement while we were there after after we left the Capitol and asked, you know, what should we do? You know, and they told us, just be patient. They'll come to you. <laughs> the feds are slow, but but they'll come to you. You know, so so we did that. And on March the eleventh, twenty twenty two, that's when they finally came. Uh six o'clock in the morning. You know, had to been a dozen of them. Bulletproof vests, assault rifles. You know, the whole the whole deal. We got the full treatment, belly chains, leg shackles, the whole nine yards. Mm. Uh, from there, you know, they, they took us down to Columbus, Georgia and booked us and interrogated us. And over the next 10 months, we had a had a series of Zoom court dates, you know, that we'd have to go to and all. Um, we started out with like, I think it was eight, eight charges between the two of us, my wife and I, before it was said and done. We just had one charge of parading and picketing, you know, is all we wound up pleading to. Uh, so I look at that as a win, actually, because we were we were facing we we're facing years of incarceration and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of fines. You know, we got that down to three weeks incarceration each and minuscule fines uh, with small probation. So we've beat them once and Lord willing, we're going to beat them again at the ballot box. Uh, it's coming up election. Well, let's talk about that. So, um, for folks that don't know all the congressional districts, and I'm one of them, so tell tell folks where where you're located and where the district, uh, what the district comprises, please. We're in the most beautiful district in the country, but uh, unfortunately, from our decades of failed leadership and being under Democrat control for 150 years now, we're in one of the poorest districts in the country. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, it's, we're pretty much written off. Uh, we're written off as a redheaded stepchild in the state. Nobody helps and nobody cares. Uh, you know, so it's, it's really up to us, the people, because the party, since the time I've been involved, I've never really seen the party do too much of anything to help our candidates in the second congressional district. You know, and I've knocked on doors and been out here campaigning for, at least the last three or four races, you know, and I've, I'm telling you what I see on the ground. We don't get any help. That's why you got to meet me, Mr. Bill, up in Forsyth County, because uh, we're willing to do what it takes, and we're willing to go wherever wherever we need to go to get the job done. And I'm learning now that it's going to have to be a statewide effort as far as garnering enough support to do what we need to do to get this job done. So you've got uh, you have a website and everything stood up. I took the uh, liberty of grabbing a couple of slides from it. Uh, hang on just a second. There we go. So uh, looks pretty good. You know, look, looks like you're off to a pretty good start here. So 
um, we have this and this is your, uh, this is your lovely wife that unfortunately had to go through all this stuff with you, but, uh, you guys look like you're hanging in pretty good. Tell us, tell us what the next steps are in your campaign. If you, uh, if you can. Well, the next step right now, uh, we're actually going to be having our largest, largest speaking engagement that's coming up Saturday mm -hmm. down in Pelham, Georgia. Uh, if there's anybody listening, uh, from four 30 until, down there in Pelham, Georgia this weekend, we're going to be having the second district's fourth annual uh, Republican rally in low country bull. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, that's, that's our next move at the moment. Uh, once, once we get through with that, you know, we're going to still be going anywhere and everywhere around the district and around the state, you know, trying to garner the support that it takes to do this. Uh, and no matter where it is or how long it takes, we're going to do what we got to do to get this job done. We're, we're in it to win it. Yeah. What are some of the key themes that uh, that you're trying to build into the campaign? If you, uh, I know I might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but uh, no, some of the good. key things you want to you want to focus on. Well, we're running on a, a working a working class platform. You know, I, I believe that it's it's people like me that need to fill all the seats up in DC. You know, like I like you heard me say the other night. I don't have a W two. I mean, I don't have a stock portfolio or own my own business what i got is a w-2 and a bible you know I, I i live paycheck to paycheck um and that's us people it's people like me that are out here feeling you know the effects of of what we got going on you know and i i wholeheartedly believe it's going to be up to people like me to restore america back to america um you know our, my main goal is to root out corruption you know what was done to or what's being done to Donald Trump and what was, what was done to me and my wife and many others is, is un-American and, and quite frankly, it's unacceptable. Uh, so it's going to, it's going to take normal everyday people to, to band together, you know, and overcome this. Well, unless my memory fails, I think the, uh, the house of representatives was designed to do exactly that. That was the reason originally that, terms were two years rather than senators being six years. And yeah. the intent was to bring to Congress what was going on at that time in uh, in the people's lives around the country so that the people and what was happening locally would be represented. So kind of sounds like you're in alignment with that. Yeah. We're doing all we can, Mr. Bill. Like, you know, like I tell everybody on the trail, our goal is to replace the suits with work boots. Chuck, let me ask you this. I mean, I grew up in uh, part of my youth in LaGrange, but what, what, so it's, I'm not sure if that's in the second district, but it's close by. Um, wh what do you, what do you need uh, for your campaign? If people watching around the country or in the state, what do you, what do you need to help? Cause I'm sure people are going to want to want to help. As much as it pains me to say this, mm -hmm. we need donations, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we don't have big time donors or anything. Mm -hmm. Like I've stated, you know, stated previously, we're, we're written off, you know, nobody, nobody really wants to help. Um, and when I'm out here on the, on the trail campaigning to, you know, the Waffle House cashiers and the, I mean, you know, the, the gas station boy that pumps gas, the girl that works at the feed store, you know, the, the people I'm campaigning to don't, they don't have money to donate to campaigns. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's mainly what we need. You know, I'm, I'm pulling from a dry well. Campaigning to people like me, people that are that are struggling, starving, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and unfortunately, you know, funds is is a big, big thing in campaigning. You, you got to have the money.
Yep. So you're, uh, we, we were able to, uh, as I said, pull a couple things from your website. So um, you can see the, the uh, URL of your website up at the top, uh, chuckhandforgeorgia.com, right? And then for folks that have a QR scanner on their, um, their phone, they can scan the, the uh, QR code on the right-hand side and that'll take them straight to your website. And then you have, you have ways for them to donate on the website, I take it, yes? Yes, sir. Okay, great. So, um, you know, the Low Country Boil's coming up in a um, uh, little under a week. It sounds like it's going to be a big deal. I know um, others have already mentioned they're they're going to take the time to go down there and uh, and participate. And uh, hopefully, you'll get you'll get uh, one good notice, but two, a lot of people understanding what uh, what you've been through and um, understanding what you're Andy and up for to to serve at this point. So. Uh, any last thoughts that you want to you want to yeah, share? So if you're uh, if you're out there and if you're in the second district, um, I'm asking for your help. Uh, really, I'm I'm asking you to take my application into consideration and hire me. Don't vote for me. Don't elect me. But hire me for this job because that's what it is, and that's what we've got to start treating it like again. Is a job uh, and. The representation that we have currently doesn't represent us, and it's it's up to us to change that. Uh, That's a great. If you're out of the second district and you do want to help, please visit our website at chuckhanfordgeorgia.com to uh, join our team or invest in our campaign today. That's great, Chuck. We appreciate you being with us. I guarantee we're going to see you again as things uh, progress. So uh, keep up the good. Keep up the good fight and uh, good luck with the job application. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Bill. And thank you, Mr. Todd. Appreciate y'all having me. Thanks for your passion and, and staying in the fight. We appreciate it. My kids appreciate it. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good one. All right. Ciao. We'll see you. That's a great guy. This is going to be fascinating to watch as we go uh, into the coming months. Definitely. Definitely. Um, we'll have, we'll have to have him back several times as the election gets close. Yep. So we have a great sponsor, David Cross, who is uh, a really good financial advisor. And, and more than that, he does a lot of different things. Why don't you run our uh, first ad for David, please? Okay. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. So, um you know, this is a really difficult time in financial markets. You've got, you know, interest rates were basically at zero and they've gone very high. They could go a lot higher. Uh, equities are very vulnerable. Uh, the oil markets are very volatile. Commodities markets because of the Middle East. You've got government regulation and interaction on, on some of the crypto assets. So it's a real good time to find a good financial advisor. So uh, we trust David. And if you're looking for somebody that shares your values, David Cross might fit the bill. So give him a call. We're waiting on our next guest, 
bill. Um, not sure how, you, you want to talk about some of the other issues real quick. We can. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, uh, later in the show, we're going to get involved in the uh, this continuing discussion on the GOP, Georgia GOP and the GOP Inc. Incorporated. Um, in the past weeks, Hank Sullivan, who will join us a little bit later on, has published a number of substacks that talk about uh, everything from the legal issues involved to the uh, portion of Georgia law that uh, that speaks to what a party is versus what a corporation is. And um, it seems like it's you know a, a simple thing, yet it could be very important because corporations cannot do the things that a political party can do. And a political party can't do some of the things that a corporation can do. And they don't mix. It's like, uh, it's like mixing a person with a corporation. You can't do that either. So um, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about that. We'll look at some of the things that we can see. And we'll talk about some of the th work that we're doing to try to uncover the things that as yet we can't see. And so, uh, so I Bill, we're kind of producing on the fly here, I guess, as a computer issue. And I'd He's going to come on after Dr. Thorpe. So why don't you jump into some of the issues or at least one of the two you wanted to talk about? Does that work? Uh, yes, that's fine. Give me just a okay. moment and I'll go sure. ahead and sure. go ahead and pull them up. So for the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com, we have a lot of ways to stay in touch. We have our newsletter, which you get uh, routinely. We have the podcast, which we mentioned. It's available anywhere podcasts are sold for the Georgia 24 show. It's called the Georgia 2024 show. Uh, so that's on any podcast provider. We have our no ad subscriptions where you get access to all of CDM's content uh, with no ads. And the ads, unfortunately, are going to get more intense because we need to support ourselves. So the no ad subscription is a, a good option. And, uh, you know, we also have the Rumble channel, uh, CDM One. So please sign up for whichever way you want to get the content and uh, stay in touch with us. Okay. Ahead, Bill. All right. So. We hope to have uh, Hank Sullivan join us in a few minutes, but it, let's let's push forward. So many people, um, especially if they've attended any of the conventions at the county, district, or state level, are getting emails from uh, the Georgia GOP, um, usually from uh, Josh McCoon, but it could be from others on the team as well. And notably, the these emails typically start off talking about Notice how they list it. Georgia Republican Party, just by itself. Georgia GOP up at the top, just by itself. Um, what's interesting is, as we get further down the same document, the exact same document, down at the bottom, they list it as coming from the Georgia Republican Party, Inc. And keep in mind, incorporated entities, corporations are different. Hank just, Hank just jumped on it. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead. There we go. Hey, Hank, thank you for joining. We're, I'm just going through the first, uh, the first little bit here, but we're jump producing in. on the fly, Hank. <laughs> <laughs> jump in. Okay. Okay. Let's jump in <laughs> as you need to. So, so I was just pointing out that the emails coming out that, that we're getting just about every day or every few days up at the top, they list, um, the Georgia GOP. They talk about the party. And then as you get further down into the document, you notice that it says, oh, it's, this is coming from the Georgia Republican Party, Inc. And even more interesting, if you go down and you say, well, this is one of those times when, you know, when I'm, I'm willing to uh, look at the uh, contribution that I might be able to make, when you go to that page, even that too 
lists uh, the, uh, it says the benefits will go to the Georgia Republican Party, Inc., which is fascinating. Um, one of the challenges in all of this is this mix of stuff back and forth. And Hank, you've talked about this on your last number of Substacks, I think. And what we're left with is sort of this funny picture, which is we've got the Georgia Republican Party incorporated, and we can find documents or uh, open records requests have been made, and they produce certain documents from the Georgia Republican Party, Inc. Yet, after apparently months of work by others and partly by yourself too, Hank, we can't find documents associated, at least currently, with the Georgia Republican Party, even Let me though... Just jump in there, because that is huge, because... If the Georgia Republican Party doesn't exist in a legally verifiable form, then what's what's the status of all the elections in the last decade? Well, so. that is a good question, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, um, and and I know Hank, you've been working on this, so you're welcome to jump in. But there there should be documents we can see associated with the Georgia Republican Party. Yes. Yes, there should be. There should be. Um, if, if this is a, a real thing, the Georgia Republican Party, I know this sounds ridiculous. And I, I know people listening to this have got to be thinking, what are these guys even talking about here? And we're the same way. It doesn't make, make sense that, that the Georgia Republican Party, uh, according to uh, Title 21, has certain requirements. You've got to register the party. And that means that there'd be records that the party has been registered. And then any time that, say, the, uh, the party chairman uh, or the executive committee of the, of the party changes over, then they've got to file an amended registration. But what we've discovered is that the state of Georgia doesn't have any records whatsoever dating back to, to B.C., <laughs> For the Georgia Republican Party. Those records obviously existed at some time. And, and let me check that. I'm not going to say they don't have them. I'm saying that they're not available for right. open records requests. They're right. not available. Um, but I, so oh, two weeks ago, when I wrote the last article in this, in this vein, um, I tried to trace it back and find out, okay, there was a Republican Party and then there wasn't. So when did that happen and what was the event that precipitated this, this Georgia Republican Party no longer existing? So there was a, in 2014, there was a lawsuit um, by by one of the Georgia Republican Party um, employees, employees yes. yeah. against the chairman of the Georgia Republican Party. Prior to her taking him to court, uh, his attorney advised him to incorporate. So what that meant was he created a corporation called Georgia Republican Party Incorporated. And so he's the chairman of the Georgia Republican Party. He is duly elected at a, a, a convention in 2013. So 2014, he creates a corporation. Somehow, there's some leap of faith in there, leap of faith, that, the, that 
they're saying that that corporation that was created under Title 14 is the political party that already existed under Title 21. And, and so my question would be, okay, what is the lawful procedure by which a political party can morph into a corporation? What is the, the legal process? Because if you wanted to, say, take an LLC and incorporate it, you can do that. There is a process under law by which you can incorporate your existing LLC. But those are both under Title 14. They're like things. These are not like things. They are very different from one another. So to incorporate a political party also brings on the attributes of a corporation to the political party, if you can even do it. But if that's true, there are problems because a corporation and a political party have disparate, uh, just unlike um, attributes. A political party can put uh, a candidate on a ballot. Well, since when, where, where in chattel, uh, Title 14 does it show that a, a corporation can place a candidate on a ballot? It doesn't. There's no authorities in there. So back in that lawsuit, I'll, sh- I'll hold this up. If you go to my substack, you can find this document. Hey, um, Hank, doc- um, we're juggling here. I, th- I think we got to bring Dr. Thorpe on because he's pretty yeah, hard let me hard and then we'll, we'll come back to you in a few minutes if that's okay to finish what you had to say okay that'll, that'll okay. okay that's great let me uh let me reorganize ourselves here for just a second there we go yeah all right hank thank you for the patience go ahead and have go ahead and help yourself to a coke from the refrigerator there in the green room okay back to you todd all right i'll bring dr thorpe in all right Thank you for coming on, sir. Appreciate it. Welcome to the Georgia 24 show. Oh, I'm so honored to be on your platform. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Bill. I've really enjoyed, you know, listening to Hank's comments. So much going on parallel in, in the exact same thing he's talking about in my universe. Really? Huh. Fantastic. Thanks for coming on. We've had Dr. McCullough on, but not you. So, uh, Really appreciate you making the time. I know you're very busy. So you're with the Wellness Company, which you know is a sponsor of ours, and really something that has uh, popped up in the recent future is how this global insecurity could lead to supply chain disruptions of critical medications. Can you talk to us about that? Yes, um, I, I think that that was in the plan for quite some time. Mm-hmm. You, you may recall that in the preceding decade, Uh, all of our uh, manufacturing for all of our drugs, and this was brought to the attention of this current administration uh, and prior administrations as early as 2018, all the critical medications were being made over in China. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then you have the threats uh, and we've had multiple shortages. Listen, I've been a really strong proponent of uh, physicians and, and families uh, stockpiling critical drugs. Since Y2K, I've done that. And trust me, it's, it's been an expensive endeavor for me, but it has served my patients, uh, my family, and my friends very well. Even in the best of times, off hours or on a weekend, you it's very difficult to get a hold of a medication now 
And now with this two wars going on, yeah. um, the threats from this administration, now is the time for the American people to open up their eyes, get out of the traditional healthcare system. The government is corrupt. All of the major hospitals are corrupt. They've illegally, unethically, to Hank's point, they've done a lot of illegal activities over the last four years, shutting this pandemic up. And one of them is capturing all of the private non-governmental organizations with cooperative care agreements that they are not allowed to deviate from hmm. uh, and, and all of the hospitals. And that's exactly why I was fired from uh, SSM Health. And thank God for the wellness company, because, you know, the wellness company, the founder, Foster Colson, the CEO, Peter Gillilee, uh, Peter McCullough, uh, Paul Alexander, uh, Dr. Hadar, all of these are my heroes. They are my family. Uh, we do not care about profit. We care about restoring integrity to healthcare. We do will never take these underhanded, dirty, blood illegal contracts from our government to shoo in our patients to deadly therapies. We'll never do that. And I know my family at the wellness company will never do that. So we uh, get out of the healthcare system. The government, hey, listen, spoiler alert. Your government doesn't care about you. They knew this was the deadliest drug ever rolled out in the history of medicine. And what did they do? They tried to bury it for 75 years. Get the hell out of the healthcare systems. They're all bought and owned by the government, by this corrupt administration. And the American people know that now. Listen, the vaccine uptake with this ridiculous vaccine, with all the false claims the killers in the swamp have made to the American people, all the pressure, the American people are smarter. The uptake of this booster is a pathetic 2%. Look at what the Pfizer stock is doing. The American people are waking up. American people, global citizens, get the hell out of the healthcare systems. Come over to a parallel healthcare system like the wellness company. And in the wellness company, you will be treated like the patients and doctors were meant to interact together. Um, so we have several products it, that that everybody, uh, all the global citizens should really uh, order and need. And these are potentially life-saving drugs. One of them is the emergency medical kit. Mm -hmm. Every household in the United States of America needs one of them, every single one, and if if not more than one. And, and they are life, there's eight prescription drugs in there. Good luck getting a hold of those uh, through a traditional healthcare system. It won't happen. It's impossible. You cannot do it. It's hard enough to get a hold of one of those uh, prescriptions uh, off ours. And now that we're in these critical times, get this. It's very important. Then we have our spikes. Let, let me just jump in there. It's twc.health forward slash CDM. Use promo code CDM for 10% discount. Go ahead, sir. Thank you. Please do it. Um, the, 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 there's a whole line of other uh, nutraceutical safe medications that uh, we believe is uh, scientifically backed. You know, this spike support formula, it's extraordinarily important. Um, spike support is composed of six naturopathic medi medications, and there is very, very beneficial 
Um, there was just a study by Chen and colleagues from South Korea, almost a thousand patients using natokinase, and it has clearly demonstrated a superior effect. Listen, traditional uh, anticoagulants do not work. The, the, these clots that the vaccine is creating and killing people, they're not remedial. They don't, they're not affected by your heparins, by your low molecular weight happens, by Eliquis, all the standard uh, anticoagulants, they don't work. Aspirin doesn't work Not, uh, because these are completely different clots. These are completely different proteinaceous clots. But what does work, it appears that natokinase works and there's multiple studies uh, that suggest that it works. So that's one of the ingredients that we have in the spike support for adults. And every, uh, every American should also have this because it's an ongoing assault, even in those unvaccinated patients that are around. You know, this is all being shed. We, we are about ready to publish an article that documents that this shedding event is real. It's mm. very, very real. So a lot of Americans don't realize that if you took the vax or, or you get some of the shedding, your body is creating this toxic spike protein forever, or at least for a long time. Um, so maybe, this maybe is what you have to purify your blood, if you will. And that's what the, the supplement can do for you. We believe that there's uh, scientific evidence to support that. Uh, we will never push a dangerous, egregious killer drugs like the vaccine or like remdesivir, mm -hmm. remdesivir remdesivir. Uh, you, you know, they knew, you know, the really sad part about this is the World Health Organization knew. They reported, they cautioned against the use of remdesivir. Uh, it was associated with a substantial increase in mortality. Our government kept pushing it. Our hospitals kept pushing it. We killed a lot of people with remdesivir. The wellness company will never, ever succumb to uh, that illegal, unethical, immoral behavior to line our uh, pockets with the government's blood money, which, by the way, wasn't the government's money. Five trillion dollars now, gentlemen, five trillion dollars. This fraudulent, corrupt, uh, unconstitutional government has pumped in to this false narrative to release the most dangerous worldwide bioweapon ever known to man. Doctor, one of the remdesivir. I'm, I'm sorry, Bill. Good, um, good. Uh, real quick, my father was basically euthanized for the same thing. We told him not to give you. Came in with COVID, had pneumonia. We said, don't give him the remdesivir. They did anyway. We found out later, and, and they essentially used that opportunity to to start. You know, what do you call it? Palliative care. When really, there could have been another way. You, you don't, you know, shoot somebody with life-ending drugs because they won't keep their mask on. So I, I think you're right. You can't trust these people and they have these protocols they're following, which are not good for the patient. Go ahead, Bill. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, what I was going to say, doctor, is, is what in part is so fascinating about the work you've been doing is it's, it's based on things that you and others can find now in actual results. So you can see the effects of these things coming out. And we took uh, we took the opportunity to put just a couple of things together. One one of which is a way for folks so that they can begin to educate themselves perhaps a bit better too. Um, I I was able to see the uh, Substack that uh, your organization is is putting out, Freedom and Truth, and a number of the great articles that are on there. Many of which link to other information that are peer reviewed studies and things that actually show 
the effects. And it's people say, well, you know, this is all supposition. Not when you can not when you can tie it back to actual effects happening in the population that are beyond any concept of normal, you know, flows or distribution of outcomes. Uh, I've, I've seen some work that you've done that to- talks about the number of uh, standard deviations out of norm that many of these things are. You, you remember you remember the, the joke that's, I mean, you guys are not quite my age, but, you know, the, the three greatest lies ever told. You, you, you've heard them all. Uh, the checks in the mail, number one. Number two, uh, hi, I'm, this is the government or the IRS. How can I, I'm here to help you. Yeah. I think the third one, uh, you know, whatever, I, a little off color, I, I had a vasectomy. Well, you know, these have been replaced now with the, the three biggest lies. Those not no longer the biggest lies. The three biggest lies are, um, well, yeah, hi, I'm the government. I'm here to help you. That's still a huge one. But the second biggest lie, if not the first, is um, all these sudden deaths, um, all these uh, horrible consequences, they're not caused by the vaccine. They're caused by COVID. Utterly false narrative, totally false narrative. I could go on and on with the lies. The shot stays in the arm. The shots are safe, effective, and necessary in pregnancy. One more resource I'd like to put on uh, that, that you would add is um, my my wife, Maggie uh, Thorpe, JD, brilliant attorney, researcher. Uh, I mean, she's been, she's my wife, my wife and my best friend and my soulmate, but also an incredible researcher. We busted uh, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. I should say Maggie did. Uh, she's busted uh, in, in bad faith uh, sector of uh, uh, law. She's busted some pretty big companies based upon fraud and her uh, discovery through uh, internet research. Well, what Maggie and I, we were convinced that the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists who own 61,000 OBGYNs nationally on two different continents, Hmm. they were bought through the HHS and CDC, your government, with billion, with massive amounts of money through the COVID-19 Community Core, CCC, in early 21. And we got a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act request uh, from HHS, CDC, and the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, 1,400 pages, 1,400 pages. They were captured by an agreement, a cooperative care agreement, which mandated that they stay lockstep with the deathly narrative of HHS and CDC. And if they deviated, they would have to pay all that money back. To this very day, uh, this organization, American College of OBGYN, the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology, and the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicines are the three criminal uh, uh, organizations that are pushing the death narrative this, this uh, vaccine is safe, effective, and necessary in pregnant women globally, in pregnant women globally. To this very day, these corrupt organizations will continue to push the most dangerous medicine or vaccine or genetic therapy, whatever you want to call it, ever rolled out to the American people. They're still pushing it to the most vulnerable population in the world, pregnant women. And they did this for three, for they targeted women specifically for two important reasons. Number one, and you guys know this, women make all the healthcare decisions globally. Uh, in 
it, regardless of color of your skin, regardless of what country you're from, regardless of what culture you're in, women make the healthcare decisions in family. Even, you know, uh, you know, doctors McCullough and I who have, you, you know, we're physicians. We know what we we're doing. We don't make the healthcare decisions in our family. Our wives do. So, so if you capture a woman and you convince a woman with all this five trillion dollars of state-sponsored propaganda, fifth-generation warfare, you've really captured ninety percent of the world. There's one other reason they targeted women. If you can convince the world that the most vulnerable patients, pregnant women, need the vaccination will die if they don't have the vaccine. It's safe and effective and necessary in pregnant women. Game over. They've won. They've won the show. Every human being on the planet should be vaccinated if you believe the bull crap that it's safe, effective, and necessary in pregnancy. Wow. One of the things that happened this week was a, was a, uh, uh, an uplifting report that said, uh, and I don't have the source in front of me, unfortunately, but they said that of the uh, vaccine eligible Americans, 80% were saying no this time. 80% was the number in the article. I remember it because it struck me so, so hard. And I thought, you know, thank God that people are paying attention and learning. It that's absolutely right. And, you know, there was just a Substack published yesterday, I believe it was by Paul Alexander, that says for this new booster, which, by the way, is just another colossal, illegal, unethical, false advertising. The FTC should should put these people in prison. I mean, you don't make false claims. They're saying, you know, the administration, this Jean-Paul Pierre, whatever, and, and uh, the rest of the nutcases in this administration are telling the American people that this is going to save, this booster is going to save lives for COVID-19 and, and save people from going on ventilators and save death. They have, there's, that's impossible. That's an impossible claim. It's a false claim. 2%, only 2% of Americans have taken this lethal, deadly vaccine. And I credit, you know who I credit? I credit people like you, like your station. I credit people uh, that are finally waking up. And unfortunately, we need more whistleblowers. Um, but I've had several whistleblowers come to me and, and you know deposit just gifts from God in my lap mm -hmm. that it's been so revealing. Um, and I don't know that we have time to talk about them, but I'd, I'd certainly love to if, at some point in time. Well, I think we need to move on from our next guest, but we're definitely going to have you back so thank you for coming on doc and uh really appreciate your passion and uh thanks for your support take care thank you god That's bless great. you wow we, powerful should we finish with uh hank first uh that's up to you we certainly make we certainly can chris give me a thumbs up can you hold on a little bit okay okay let's go all ahead. right all right hank we're back with you <laughs> great to be back you know <laughs> actually Breaking i never really Breaking news, film at 11. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. Enjoyed the segment. So All right, bear with me for we a second. We were talking about where or where did the Republican Party go? And and so let me take you back to 2014. Okay. This, there's a case right here where, where the chairman of the Georgia Republican Party is being sued. He's being sued to several uh, capacities. 
The first capacity was he was a defendant, the Georgia Republican Party as a registered political party, as defined in under law in Ch Title 21, was a party of the suit. Secondly, the defendant was Georgia Republican Party, Inc., as a nonprofit corporation. So we have two different entities, both of them in the suit. So we traced it back to that point. And then in the suit, the, uh, the plaintiff referred to the Georgia Republican Party, Inc. as a successor in interest. If you look that up, that means that there are two interests here. Uh, one, one is an interest other than the original interest. So the original interest was Georgia Republican Party. The second interest was Georgia Republican Party, Inc. Definitely two different entities here as of 2014. Then, and this idea of identity is really important. And I'll tell you why. You might remember the, the, um, the bankruptcy of General Motors. Well, there's a new General Motors. What they did was they changed the name of the old General Motors and, and then they created a new General Motors. So you have the old General Motors and its identity is bankrupt. The new General Motors has a different identity, although it's got the same name. So it's very important that we understand the actual identity of these of these uh, entities to be able to keep them straight and understand the place in law that they exist, which dictates what their authorities are. Right. Somebody said that a political party is it, can do anything it's not prohibited to do. Wrong. Um, excuse me, a corporation can do anything it's not prohibited to do or a political party can do. Wrong. That's that's just wrong. And an attorney said that. Uh, corporations and political parties are authorized and they only have so much authority. They can exert all of their authority, but they can't go beyond their authority. Corporations over here have certain authority. Uh, political parties over here of certain authority. Those authorities are different. And so that's yep. why you're have, we're having a hard time understanding what they're, they're actually trying to do here. And, and that's the nut, the nut in the center of all this, isn't it? The fact that there, there should be an observable two entities, right? You should be able to observe should be able documents to. and things related to the party and observe and see things associated with the, um, with the uh, Republican Party, Inc. So that, that kind of brings us to something that happened this week. Um, this, by the way, is an example of when you go to donate money, look at who it's going to, the Inc. So I was lucky enough to attend the uh, Gwinnett GOP meeting uh, this week. And uh, Josh McCoon, chairman of the Georgia GOP uh, or G Georgia Republican Party, um, was there and answered questions and so forth. We've published uh, his answers to those questions on the Georgia record. But in addition, I had, I had a great opportunity to chat with him briefly after the meeting. And we talked about a couple things, but the most important, in, in, at least in this conversation, was I, I said to him, I think, you know, you're chairman. If anybody has access to these documents related to the party, um, you know, you should be the one who can get access to them. Can you help me, please, get access to those documents? We seem to have a problem after months. He'd asked if 
if people had uh, executed an uh, open records request, which is similar to a FOIA in Georgia parlance. And I said, yes, as my understanding is a number of people have, and it's gone on for months, maybe over a year now, and folks asking for documents related to both the corporation and the party. Corporation documents have been, you know, have been delivered and we can see those. But to date, uh, to my knowledge, very, you know, there's been very little success getting any documents associated with the party, especially not since the creation of this corporation. So I asked him specifically, would you please help me then? You are, you must have access to the documents. Would you help me begin to make progress on this question that is swirling all across Georgia? Where is the party? And after a few minutes of, of going back and forth, he did say, well, okay, I'll help you. And so the following day, Thursday, I sent a text to him asking specifically for those documents to be sent to me uh, by noon on Friday. On noon on Friday, no doc documents had been received. And as of this hour, uh, and we're at uh, just before three o'clock on Sunday, I haven't seen any documents. My question is this, why would, if the solution to this is so easy, at least to assuage some of the fears about what the heck is going on, why are we not simply being shown the documents associated with the Republican Party of Georgia? Seems to me to be a simple fix and would encourage yeah. that one more time from Josh and the other uh, members of the executive committee. Let's get the documents on the table and we'll begin solving this question as it sits in front of Georgia. So, sorry, back to you, Hank. Yeah, the reason why this is even coming up is because open records requests have been made to receive these documents. And this is what we received. This is, it says, uh, all, all of the listed documents were moved to the state archives. Well, then you contact the state archives and they say, well, oh, we have searched the uh, secretary of state folder and uh, uh, for party registration files without success. Then they say the original retention schedule for party registrations was created in 2002. And we have not, we have, we do not have any records transferred to the Georgia archives under either that schedule or the name of the record. In other words, the Georgia Republican Party. So neither the Secretary of State has them, nor the Georgia Archives have them. And so now you're going to the Georgia Republican Party, whatever that is, and asking them to please give us the records. There's got to be records out there, or you're telling us that there never was a Republican Party of Georgia. Or, there, mean, or something's changed, perhaps. But at the very least, this is really yeah. lawless behavior against Georgia election. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a it simple fix. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll repeat what I said, you know, deliver them to me. Or if you choose, we'll give you a time on the show. Deliver them to me on the show if you'd like to. Nobody's going to play any games with whether, you know, we, we receive documents or not. That's not the point here. The point is to make progress on an open question that many people are talking about, and, and I believe with potentially good reason. So um, I would like to, you know, offer our services to help get past this. And, you know, let's move along to better, better conversations. But until we do, I think that question is firmly on the table. So Hank, we got to go. Is there anything else you want to get out before we move to the next guest? Well, I was just going to say that the FEC has certain records that the state of Georgia does not have. 
the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, has filings for the Georgia Republican Party up until April of 2015. After that, actually in May, that the amended there was an amended report changing it from Georgia Republican Party to Georgia Republican Party Inc. Uh, and there was a notice sent by then uh, Mansell McCord, the treasurer of the Georgia Republican Party Inc saying that they have changed the committee name to the Georgia Republican Party, Inc., from the Georgia Republican Party because they have incorporated. That was August the 14th, 2015. So that's the last thing that we have that can trace out any existence of the Georgia Republican Party, um, and that's with federal documents, not state documents. I think you need, I think you need to close with what you said last time, Hank. This is not over is it oh yeah <laughs> no this is not over no this is not over i i can guarantee you that this is right. not over we applied you for the efforts and the work and and thank you we'll see you i bet back soon i bet yeah. soon all right thank we'll, you, we'll see you guys later all right take care uh bill okay. can you bring up that uh, emergency medical kit ad once again we didn't I sure really have can. a chance to talk about that uh, so this is the kit um it looks like this. Have all the medications inside. Doing this backwards. And if you go to twc.health forward slash CDM, you can get the kit and find out about it, all the medications that are there, and use promo code CDM, promo code CDM to get a 10% discount. It's good for one adult. So you decide how many you need for your family. I just wanted to get that out, Bill, real quick. You bet. You even, even more important now, because in some cases we're seeing certain medications, very frankly, disappear yes. from drugstore shelves. And so that makes even something like medicine. this. Yeah. So right. Antibiotics. Things like this. Even yeah. more important. Great. Yeah. So we also have another sponsor, uh, the Family Farm Beef Box. And uh, Glade Miller-Smith's been on multiple times. Non-mRNA grass-fed, well, or aged beef in Nebraska shipped to your door. Uh, go ahead and do you have the commercial? I can run it, Bill. Actually, it's on the. Okay. Let me take this back down and you're welcome yeah, to. I will run the commercial real quick to get Great. the word out on familyfarbbeefbox.com. It's going to be a good day. Monday, we do have a little bit left available here. Check us out, familyfarmbeefbox.com. Thanks. Have a good day. So uh, please support our sponsors. I can tell you by personal uh, experience, the beef is amazing. It comes in a multiple, multiple different cuts. You can sit around your family table with your kids, your grandkids, decide what you're going to throw on the barbie, and uh, have a wonderful evening this fall. So bring in our last guest, please, okay. Mr. Bill. <laughs> All right, Chris. Hey. How are you? Thank you for your patience, my friend. Oh, thanks for bearing with me earlier with my technical difficulties. <laughs> so I have your slides ready when you're ready. Yeah. Okay. So we did some interesting work here with uh, our good friend, Mr. Kemp, 
and uh, it was uh, it was it was it's been an interesting um, exercise. And Georgia, um, the Uniparty is uh, operating uh, full tilt on both sides. So you know it was interesting. Your last guest talked about the FEC. Well, the FEC is now headed up by uh, the former uh, counsel for um, the Fair Fight Pack out of uh, Georgia. That was uh, Abrams' um, organization. And uh, we saw some interesting stuff with them. And as we looked into Fannie Willis and we started looking into Kemp, you know, like I said, we had found some interesting stuff. Um, when we did some sorts and some reorganization of the data, um, utilizing some of the methodologies that we use to identify Smurfs in the Janet for Justice, Alvin Bragg and Fanny. Uh, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite ones is the um, ranking by the number of campaign contributions made by an individual to a particular campaign. And this case, we had uh, the number one donor ranked by Times Contributed. Um, it was uh, it was an interesting guy. Um, his name was Dave uh, Sizak, and he was a um, custodian in uh, New Jersey. So, uh, as we looked at that as a whole, we noticed that uh, Dave. Um, had made over 6,660 campaign contributions um, to or via um, uh, when read. Now, one of the things that a lot of people ask is, okay, well, what's a Smurf? And, you know, what a Smurf is, is a um, individual and a method used to structure um, money laundering and the evasion of uh, um, campaign finance limits or uh, the evasion of detection of the structuring of financial transactions to not um, draw the ire of um, regulators. And uh, so we see that um, very prominently in Mr. Kemp's um, campaign. Um, one of the things that we're interested in was, you know, what about this guy? What about our number one Smurfer, Mr. Kemp? Well, he, he was a, uh, registered Republican voter in New Jersey. So he appears to be a real person. Um, you know, he, he lives, apparently he, he appears to live in a condo in, um, you know, in New Jersey. The question, one of the interesting questions that I, I, I ask is, is this, is the amount of contributions that this individual is making, are they um, congruent with what they're earning? And in the case of uh, Mr. Kemp's number one donor by uh, times contributed to his campaign, um, if you look at um, what... Go to the next slide or just. Yeah. Going. Yeah. So, so we have a nice little interesting comical graph there, right? Uh, what's a Smurf and go to the next slide. 
And uh, there's his uh, campaign donors rank by the number of times contributed. Okay. And at the top there was um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Dave. Now, what I want to point out to everybody is in this graphic here, um, the number one campaign contributor, he's only donating from just one state. Okay. Now, this particular graph here was just campaign finance contributions that he made um, that was logged in the FEC database for 2022. All right. There's a lot there. <laughs> if you look at the dollar amount that he made for the entirety of the year, um, you know, we weren't sure if he was a uh, custodian three, a custodian two, or a custodian one um, in pay rank. But I think you can pretty much get the generality that the number of campaign finance contributions made by this gentleman was roughly equivalent to about probably half of his annual salary. That would definitely fit into the realm of uh, highly questionable, you know, the numbers are pretty small. Could you just read read the either the number of contributions or the amount? Sure, sure. Um, he made uh, yeah, uh, so three thousand nine hundred and sixty um, for um, twenty twenty two, and to, yep, to the governor to governor. Uh, uh, no, that was for that was to the FEC. He I made see. over okay. um, to Governor Kemp. He had made over it was over seventy individual campaign contributions, um, a little over $400. Now, um, the money that he donated via uh, WinRed during this time period, he it was uh, 25040 uh, $5.92. And that uh, that's across, a lot. Across multiple campaigns. Across multiple. Your, your whole point is that this is a nationwide operative, and they have a lot of people like this yeah. that make a lot of contributions to multiple local campaigns. Yeah. So in particular, with this uh, list here, right, you, um, we did this ranking for every single contributor that made a contribution to Kemp. Um, now, there was one particular class of contributor um, that was higher than old Dave, and that was the anonymous group. And those were campaign contributions, $100 or under, where they did not disclose any information, no name, no address, no employer. And there was um, a large volume of those. Now, that, um, when we looked at Fannie Willis, she had, you know, a little over 500 of those. Kemp blows her away. I mean, Kemp thousands upon thousands of these. And what we found very interestingly in Janet for Justice and Josh Call and Alvin Bragg and Fannie Willis is that some of the best and greatest Smurfs that we caught were the smaller donut dollar ones, okay? Yeah. And so here we are, um, you know, Dave didn't make a lot, I mean, dollar-wise of campaign dollar contributions to Kemp, but he did make a high volume of it with a fairly high degree of frequency. All right. And, and that, so when you have um, people in the know 
knowing how to evade campaign finance laws, mm -hmm. they take they drive a Mack truck through that. They drive a Mack truck through that opening. So just let me interject. So essentially you have a lot of people around the country that don't make a lot of money, that their names are being used for thousands of campaign contributions across the country in multiple different races, likely computer generated, likely identi identity theft. There, right? it, there is no, um, uh, there's no, uh, there, it's 100% it's certainty. It's mm -hmm. not likely, it's certainty that okay. this is being done on a nationwide scale all done through technology because of the scope and size of this operation there's no way that it could be physically um, done any other way let me ask you this i mean kemp is on one side of the table i don't want to say politically but control wise he's trying to push a certain agenda are people that like trump did Trump get thousands of these Smurf campaign contributions or is it just the people who are on that side of the table or, or other so, people like Trump? There's a, there is um, a lot of uh, evidence that this is going on everywhere. It's kind of like uh, the whole idea of um, let's, uh, let's try to out, out cheat the other guy mm -hmm. with uh with vote by mail ballots and uh, voting early and all of that ridiculousness. You know, the big thing here that we really need to look at though, is um, what, what is really going on? So this, um, if you, if you go down to um, go down a couple more slides, yep. I want, I want, and this is really important. So there we have, he's um, condo. I'd like uh, that's Which one. The, uh, that one's good. So when we look at the income distribution, okay, there's no way that these people are doing this, right? And then when you look at behaviorally, if you could go to the next mm -hmm. uh, next one. All right. So here's a guy who has made um, in his entirety 6,660 campaign contributions, okay, over his entire entire life. He's never made one and he made 70 somewhat to Kemp, right? Would you think that he would have been making campaign finance donations where he lived? You would think. One would think. One would think. But that's the thing. They're not doing that with these uh, types of transactions. So if you go to the next next slide, right? Okay. So one of the other interesting things that we noticed, right? is that there was a high frequency of uh, transactions that were made on the same day. Now, good old Dave here, we know Dave didn't make these contributions, right? And in particular for Dave, when we looked at certain days, there were outliers. There were days that there were massive numbers of entries in the FEC database. And when we parsed all six 1,660 of these, we found some really interesting groupings. We saw some groupings where there were over 500 um, entries in the FEC database for this one guy. How is that possible yeah. if it wasn't technology, right? In a, in a single day? In a single day, yeah. So why don't you, uh, if you can go to the next slide, all right. So when we looked at Kemp, because this is this here is an extract from the Georgia campaign finance database, right? You see uh, a bunch of empty 
uh, cells at the top of the screen. Those would be your anonymous donors, okay? Your first donor, your first uh, set of donors there with a name, oh, look, it's our friend Dave. Dave's there. Dave made two campaign finance contributions that day. But what's interesting, right, is on that particular day, there was another guy who made some questionable donations, a guy by the name of John Hanna. But it wasn't just one John Hanna. It was two John Hannas. There was a John Hanna in Georgia and a John Hanna in Texas. And they both coincidentally made campaign contributions to Kemp's campaign on the same day. How does that happen? I have a question. So when you got these spikes, did you see the unnamed contribution spike as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they were following the, the nefarious ones. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, you know, if uh, if people in Georgia aren't asking what's going on here with with these uh, anonymous campaign contributions, you know, I would that's that's where the evidence of the real smurfing is. At least that's based on what we saw in uh, the Janet for Justice um, data up in Wisconsin. We some of the the most prolific. Uh, Smurfs, the ones that gave to um, Fair Fight, to Fannie Willis, all of those, they were a single donation in some cases of a dollar. Mm -hmm. hmm. Not being an attorney, I have a question. So <clears throat> if a candidate is informed that they appear to have received money that uh, may in fact be um, part of some sort of operation that does not appear to be compliant with law, are they required to investigate it? Yes, they are. And not only are they required to investigate it, but they're required to refund it. So just to recap, the you've seen spikes of contribution on certain days, which are obviously algorithmic, and the same names popping up. And you also see a spike in the unnamed contributions, which means they're using that um, I mean, it's it's guilt by association that they're tagged. They're spiking those at the same time they're spiking the ones that are named. And I want to go back to just, and we've got to close up here shortly, but this slide and just walk us through how the Smurf works. So what we, what we know is going on, okay, is that there are PACs in particular in Georgia. We, we identified some very interesting uh, anomalies, um, especially when we were digging into Fannie Willis. What we noticed was there were these individuals um, that were part of the larger Smurf network. And what we found is that um, based on interviewing some of these individuals in Maryland and Michigan and Wisconsin, that a lot of these people had no idea how this was being done. So with smurfing, um, what we see is there are um, massive numbers of prepaid credit cards and prepaid debit cards that are systematically generated using the identity of these unknowing uh, senior citizens or unknowing campaign finance smurfs. And what we know is that somebody is funding these accounts with money. 
And so what we're doing now is we're finding out, you know, um, about getting uh, bank statements and credit card statements from some of these individuals. That's the money shot is where the money's coming from. Yep. So mm -hmm. because we know that they're not going to match up. I mean, Dave, Dave uh, Sizak here, I can guarantee you that in um, on several days in October and in November of 2022, the hundreds of upon hundreds of transactions are not going to show up on his credit card statements or on his bank statements. So the question is, where and what asset accounts are they going to show up on? And that is when things are going to get really interesting. Yes, could be a foreign actor. So, or several. Yeah, or a combination of internal, external yeah. trees. Well, like we know we know Soros, Soros and the Soros organizations are intimately tied to this, intimately tied to this. As a matter of fact, one of the first instances that we caught of multiple names, uh, individuals making identical campaign finance contributions on the exact same day was tied to donors to move on, um, going back some time. So it was move on and act blue. They seem to be the ones really hammering this from early on. And, uh, the feckless, Republicans are trying to play catch up now. Chris, thank you. We got to go. We'll see you uh, next Sunday, hopefully. Right. I know you'll have more. At thank least I'll bet money on it. <laughs> thank you for coming on. All right. Yeah. Bill, you got anything wow. else? We have one more uh, note for something going on this evening, if we may. Let me just sure. take a Go ahead. Moment. Yes, that's right. Uh, make sure I get the right one here. Okay. So. Earlier today, uh, when we met Chuck uh, Hand, we heard about his experience following January 6th. And I've noticed that there's been um, importantly renewed uh, information beginning to surface regarding January 6th. Earlier this week, uh, True the Vote, Catherine Engelbrecht and True the Vote um, stood up a new portion of Open Dot Inc. called the J6 Special Collection. And so if you look on the Georgia record, you'll find links to uh, to get you there. There's no cost, but hundreds of documents and videos that talk about some very fascinating things. And in fact, they're trying to find an individual that appeared to be involved in some activity. And they've got video and everything else and can track them a certain point, And they're asking for the public's help in determining who this may be. Over and above that, we need to keep our eyes on the J6 current prisoners and what's happened there to really fully understand uh, what was perpetrated and why, perhaps, begin, beginning to theorize why. One of the tools that I believe will help us do that is a film called Bloody Hill. Um, we were lucky enough to speak with the producer and got um, approval to re-air re it. And it will re-air on the CDM uh, Rumble channel this evening, several others as part of the Insist on Truth series. So, um very, very uh, highly encourage folks to watch that. It's the story of Dave Sumrall and Trennis Evans and what they experienced going through J6 and their their um, problems and challenges ever since to get past the uh, 
wrongful persecutions of people that didn't cause any problem, but have had a problem perpetrated upon them. So that'll be on this evening, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Thank you. And that's on all of our Rumble channels. You'll be able to find it. And also on Getter and Georgia Record and CDM Getter. Yep. So, Bill, thank you. We'll see you Wednesday night. That sounds great. Thank you, Todd.